Hello, Internet friends. Happy Friday. Good morning. I hope you have your coffee. I know I have. Thanks for tuning in to the first episode of the Daily Blend Show Friday Top 5 Audio Edition. Each week I'll be featuring five things I thought were interesting, notable, or culturally significant. This week, I'm showcasing stories on the impact of COVID-19 on Dropbox, higher education at large, and Facebook Messenger, discussing how Google's Chromebook might just become the holy grail of laptops, and how apps and services like Noom and MyFitnessPal are edging closing to that perfect digital assistant but are missing a few key service capabilities. Before we jump into the show, I just wanted to remind you that this episode, along with all future episodes, is available on such fantastic platforms as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, Google Podcasts, and of course, our own website, dailyblend.com. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and have all episodes automatically downloaded to your device. Now that we have all that out of the way, let's jump into the show. The first story we have is from CEO of Dropbox, Drew Houston. The story originally comes from uh, Forbes, really talking about uh, doing a deep dive with Drew and really discussing his thoughts on how we're the first inning of the distributed age. Houston saying, you know, a flexible working environment future in which workers don't have to serve as amateur archaeologists sifting through chats, videos, transcripts, text, emails, etc., etc., to remember just what happened, what they have to do, what's coming next. This is, uh, you know, this is going to be a permanent shift in his mind. Um, and while some are excited to get back to the office, many are more excited to maybe not have to, and that's going to be a dynamic shift in a corporate culture as well as a culture at home. We've kind of gone through a one-way door, he says, and I don't think we can go back I'm obviously paraphrasing, um, but it's certainly going to have an impact on the work-life balance. So why does this story matter? In the wake of COVID-19, uh, many companies had to rethink how they operated and executed. I don't think this was necessarily um, a, a surprise for many organizations, but it definitely was an accelerant. I think companies like Dropbox, uh, similar to Box.com, have long been in the storage game. And now that uh, Microsoft O365 has really entered in this space, uh, both in terms of storage as well as uh, bundling their uh, Teams product as well as uh, enhancements to the O365 with storage on their one drive, you know, Box and Dropbox really uh, don't have a uh, competitive advantage to Microsoft or others like them. And so companies like Dropbox and Box really should be thinking about a, a pivot and areas where there's likely white space for, for organizations like these are, are to develop vertical solutions, uh, certainly for heavily regulated industries, but vertical solutions nonetheless. One of the other opportunities I think that these companies have is really to become a connector or sort of a workflow tool across between, say, like a Pega or companies like a Jitterbit etc., um, where they're the interconnecting workflow between these apps and giving real-time dashboards to the uh, users. Another space where I could see uh, a company like Dropbox or Box moving is really in the CMS space. You've got too much competition from companies like Drupal or WordPress, but 
if they were to look inside the, uh, the sort of four walls, if you will, really helping companies think through their intranet portal uh, is, is much more of a, an open field and white space for them to jump into. Jumping into our second story is with Professor Scott Galloway um, from NYU talking to Anderson Cooper and Sanjay Gupta on CNN really about how the impacts of the pandemic uh, could disrupt higher education in a massive manner. Really, the video is fantastic, one of the best pieces I've seen from CNN in a long time. And he's really talking about how the cost of higher education has been increased by, um, you know, a monumental uh, amount without really providing a meaningful uh, impact over the last 50 years. And why does this matter? When I think about uh, college and how it should be, I think of an immersive experience that requires heavy collaboration in both a formal and informal manner. Technology is close, but it can't replicate that spontaneous nature of a hallway chat or a barroom debate. So when I think about all these kids spending crazy monies for Zoom calls, I cry and laugh. Sure, some of colleges are giving their students free access to online courses for life, but nothing will replicate that in a person's experience. Now let's drill into this topic a little bit further. Some of the best team members I've worked with are fresh out of school. They join the workforce with energy, fresh ideas, and with each passing year think differently to me. Without a real college experience, I'm doing air quotes kind of there, many are going to miss joining the workforce without um, some sort of think on your feet tactics. And, and a lot of it's going to become just straight out of textbook. And that's fine. But it really isn't what is needed, I think, in the modern hyper agile work environment. From an opportunity standpoint, I think there's massive disruption that will happen from a top down in education. I look forward to seeing uh, some of the tools, techniques, and technologies that our friends from places like Silicon Valley uh, put out. I think there's going to be undoubtedly some trickle down effect both in terms of the professional working environment as well as our personal lives um, that will extend beyond just like a two-way Zoom call or breakout sessions uh, via services like Meets or Google Hangouts or BlueJeans, et cetera. Moving on to story number three, it's the business on Facebook and how you can now message customers uh, through their native messenger platform. So it's no uh, surprise that Facebook is launching into a new uh, direct-to-consumer messaging uh, platform via their Messenger solution. And I, I'm not really surprised by this. I think Facebook continually wants to be a, an all-encompassing platform. Um, they certainly want to move or likely will move into a full end-to-end suite of being a web service, CRM, help desk, uh, customer support, solutions like that. Now, the bet is that Facebook will continue to add on uh, features and uh, will likely continue to make those features free or at a minimal price point. But my concern is when businesses get so um, intertwined with a single platform, there are concerns um, that, you know, they become held hostage uh, to that platform. Now, there's obviously situations where this is advantageous um, but when you're dealing with uh, sort of more of an open source platform like a Facebook or a Twitter and you're so reliant on them, I just become concerned that they, they, they hold the keys to the castle and over time can turn that lever and really increase uh, pricing or cut into margin 
uh, down the road. So just something to be mindful for small businesses or businesses at large who are using Facebook as a as their sole source uh, to engage with customers. I think you really just need to diversify your platform there. I have long listened to friends and colleagues complain about updates, drivers, and just poor running machines. I'm a Mac user. Yep, I said it. They're better. I don't have any problems. I have had a chance to use Chromebooks, however, and I think that if you're a G Suite user, they're fantastic. And as an Office 365 user, I'm fully drinking a fair bit of the Microsoft Kool-Aid these days and impressed with the cloud apps. So if I was a business, I would be very much interested in my reduction of total cost of ownership. If I could move to a Chromebook and use it just as my uh, single uh, device for uh, the bulk of my uh, employees and not have to worry about the OS, not have to worry about push notifications or updates, not have to worry about synchronization. I would be extremely excited and I think it would have a dramatic impact on total cost of ownership. If I'm an individual and I don't like the G Suite, this is just a fantastic opportunity that I can log on basically to a browser and get to the full suite of the uh, Office 365 uh, toolkit, and I think really will make a compelling argument um, to move to a Chromebooks. Now, I think who will be impacted here? I think both corporations and individuals will be. I think individuals will really take a second look at Chromebooks who have maybe passed them off as just toys. And I think businesses will say, do I really need that you know, $2,000 um, hardware, or can I go to a five or six hundred dollar Chromebook and really meet the needs of the bulk of my um, talent population? I think another thing that will come out of this is if Google's moving down this route, it's undoubtable that uh, likes of Samsung, Huawei, um, LG, and possibly even Microsoft will consider making more sort of web books that will power the uh, Microsoft stack as well. Story number five is, is talking about Peloton and how they're reporting a 66% increase in sales during COVID. And this story is actually not about Peloton, but you know it's no surprise to me that the at-home fitness uh, tech has jumped up and is booming. Um, you know, I, I ask you to go to Dick's Sporting Goods and try to get yourself some kettlebells or a TRX system. I dare you; they're all sold out. Now, I think you know when you think about. Peloton, it's essentially the Apple or Tesla of home fitness world. So it's no surprise to me that they've seen a massive uptick and they're having supply chain issues, which is really what the Business Insider article that I've linked to uh, in this post talks about. Now, what I'm interested in is, is less about Peloton right now and it's more about the associated or adjacent services. Now, companies like Noom and MyFitnessPal are really close to being able to pull in the data off my Peloton workouts after my own walks, uh, my health kit, and they're able to present with me uh, some general guidelines. And I think that it's a combination of a virtual assistant and then a physical person or a digital person on the other end uh, who's you know giving me pointers. But what I really want is spend a little more money on a service and have something where I can get uh, blood samples done, genetic testing, anything that really can get a baseline of, you know, my body type, my physique, my genetics. And then I want to have, based on my needs, uh, both in terms of my physical needs and then, you know, working around my travel schedule or life schedule, I want pre-made meals sent to my doorstep. 
Now, a lot of folks will say, hey, this is really expensive, but when you think about the average cost of takeaway from like a, you know, an Uber Eats or a Grubhub, you end up spending 50 to $100 when you add up food costs, delivery costs, credit card costs, you know, servicing fees, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it saves a ton of time. I think it gives people back the time from thinking about food, buying food, prepping food, cooking food, cleaning food, and you're just focusing on what's important, right? It's getting healthy, staying healthy, eating right. And I'm very interested to see how services um, like Noom sort of adapt and evolve and if others come out that can complement or be the, the bridge between my fitness, my tracking, and my food supply. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the first episode of the Friday Top 5. As a reminder, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, Google Podcasts, and, of course, DailyBlend.com. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, like us, follow us, et cetera, et cetera. Thanks, and enjoy your Friday.